SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Well, thank you so much to Greg there for the news headlines. Uh, you're welcome to this SAFM Market Update with myself, Kukule Tumfupi. Do keep your SMSs coming in on 34701 with the keyword market. Do note that each SMS does cost two rand. We will get into the market performance with our resident market commentator, David Shapiro of Sassman Securities, in just a moment. But first, making her debut on this show is Kinsi Khadebe, who's with MoneyWeb. Good afternoon, Gugu. How are you? Very well, thank you. Well, let's take a, let's take a look at our headlines for this afternoon. Today, Trade and Industry Minister Rob Davies launched the fifth iteration of the Industrial Policy Action Plan, the IPAP. The plan details what South Africa has to do in order to industrialize, improve manufacturing and increase employment. The 2013-2014 version of the IPAP focused on supporting green industries, renewable energy as well as advanced manufacturing and materials. Government will have to inject more money into the troubled airline South African Airways before the implementation of its, re- of its recently released turnaround strategy. SAA has requested funds from government to acquire a new fuel-efficient fleet which would require a recapitalization of the airline in order to implement some of the proposals in their new strategy. And, in an attempt to spur growth, the Central Bank of Japan has decided to increase its stimulus package. The bank said it would double its government bond purchase by $520 billion. Harihuko Kuroda, chair of the bank, called the increase a new dimension in monetary easing. And now, taking a look at the markets. The JSE All Share Index closed in the red this afternoon, trading just under 1% at 39,064 rand. The rand is trading at 9 rand 18 against the dollar, 13 rand 91 against the pound, and 11 rand 80 against the euro. Gold is trading at $1,547 an ounce. A barrel of crude oil is trading at $106. And finally, platinum is at $1,514 an ounce. Thank you so much to Kim Sikhatebe. And David, you didn't interrupt her. Hey, no She's chicken. uninterruptible. <laughs> <laughs> Concentrate. You see that concentration? Well, oh, some of us lack, hey. <laughs> Well, they were getting straight into today's market performance. Uh, J.C. Walsh Index still oh, down in the red today, both local and international markets, and it seems as though industrial is still uh, a rather significant sell-off there. Right across the board. And in fact, uh, Google, if you look at the market, we're around about 39,000. So in the first three months, we're actually down now. On the year, we're down. We're in negative territory. So we've given up um, all the gains. And the, 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 there were a couple of influencing factors today. Gold and platinum plunged overnight. Mm. You know, gold's back at $1,550. We're at its, low, it's at its lowest level in about nine months. So the sell-off continues together with platinum and silver. Um, but oil was down. And there's also, I picked up a report, there's quite a lot of um, um, pressure building on metal prices. There was a report circulating today about analysts' views on iron ore, believing that by the year end, uh, a glut of supply will pull the, you know, pull the price down to below $100 an ounce. So all of this news is, is plaguing the um, um, resource market. And then on the industrial market today, Mario Draghi came out and said that the downside risks in the region, in the uh, you know, economic growth in the, in the euro region, still remained um, on the downside. So there's, there, there are worries about that that also concerned uh, um, uh, markets, although he did come out and say he was committed to the euro. Mm. In fact, the euro picked up on that, and that gave uh, the rand a little bit of a lift. If you watch the rand trading today, for most of the day, we were about 9.25 against the dollar. We closed about uh, just a little under... Uh, 9.20. So, a, a lot of factors. U.S. markets, um, when I left, were still in positive territory, just holding on to 
um, positive gains tomorrow is the all-important jobs number. Mm. And uh, if we get a number around 200,000 there, um, I think it will give a bit of a lift to our markets. But we're still, we're, we're, we're still facing um, a, a lot of selling right across the board. Very little, very little support come in. Looking at Europe, uh, the ECB, European Central Bank there, as mm. well as the Bank of England, still expected to make a decision on their interest rates there, well, which are currently at, at rather low yeah, levels. They did say he's watching it. Groggy said that he's watching it very carefully. Uh, and if the need arises, he will reduce rates. You know, rates in the in the eurozone are about I think three quarters of a percent, hmm. and uh, they could he you know he would push it down. It's it's very difficult listening to him. You know, I, I try to listen and it just gets <laughs> it gets so boring. I get distracted. You know, like a kid, <laughs> I can't focus too much on it. It's it's it's, it's dry, and uh, but but you do pick up some factors for him. But um, you know, Europe's still a worry. And, and, and still, it's still weighing heavily on um, on global markets. And if the U.S. comes right, we get China coming right. Of course, that will give some support. And of course, um, we do have the Bank of uh, Japan coming in, mm. doubling their purchases. The Bank of Japan will purchase, in dollar terms, something like seventy-five billion dollars worth of. Um, of, of bonds a month that's versus the America's 85 billion so it's a big program the yen collapsed which is what they wanted to do uh, the yen fell sharply Japanese markets were up so I think you know, between Japan China and, Euro- and America if they can keep the stimulus up then hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll support uh, Europe no major movements locally today on the uh, new highs and 52-week lows and highs mm. over there. But did you notice that Pumalela share price? That, uh, <laughs> Pumalela, no. yep, the share price moving up by over 300 <laughs> percent today. No, I didn't pick that up. And we actually <laughs> spoke to a representative of the JSC, and they said that that was a result of errors in trade. Oh, but okay. Obviously, that's are. quite a significant new move because if a shareholder yeah. reacted on such, yeah, 367 percent to be exact. Mm. So it's happened. It it it, uh, it happens all the time. You know, you, you press the wrong button or you press the wrong trigger and uh, off goes the price. And it's very difficult to actually reverse it. I guess it shouldn't happen too often, Ken. <laughs> well, David, I want us to touch on Wilderness. That's a luxury ecotourism mm. company. They published their trading update today, expecting earnings to increase by about 10%. Now, I understand that this is quite a, a luxury group. And you all know that tourism after the yeah. 2012, 2010 World Cup has taken yeah. a bit of a dip. But uh, for Wilderness... I, it's not one that's closely followed. It's it's uh, it's not a huge company, but uh, you know it's one of the few results that came out that was fairly good. I look, it's ten percent's not bad for for uh, tourism here. I would, Cookie, you know the Rams now at uh, what's it nine nine twenty. I mean at these levels. We should be pretty cheap for foreigners to come here. You know, 918. Yeah, 918, yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get uh, some kind of pickup because it's going to make it a lot cheaper than we were a year ago. And in fact, it's going to mean about 20. If that's if people have got the money. You know, yeah. we go through austerity programs in Europe and in the UK. Um, but, um, you know, from, from, uh, if we could focus on Asia. Um, there's a good chance, you know. So this will it should help tourism. I would I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see a pickup in numbers. Just very quickly on Old Mutual, they published their annual financial report today, uh, looking to move into Africa. Mm. Um, one of the mm. five risk uh, subjects that they highlighted on today, but mm. do wanting to do so in a partnership rather than going by it well, alone. Well, they go because uh, they need, you know, they can't do it alone. Um, they pulled back dramatically in Europe and, and in the United States, and this is where they are. They've been in Cape Town for what more than 150 years. 
Um, and you know, Africa is now becoming a huge growth strategy for a lot of the uh, you know financial companies. And it's far better to do it with people that are already established there than to try and do it on your own. Well, in other news that was released today, as mentioned by Kinsey in the news headlines just a few moments ago, Trade and Industry Minister Rob Davies today launched the fifth iteration of the Industrial Policy Action Plan, often referred to as IPAP, which seeks to boost not only the economy but employment in the country as well. Now, on the line now, we're joined by Garth Strachan, who's the acting DG at the Department of Trade and Industry. Garth, thank you so much for joining us this evening. I guess just as a summary, what are some of the key highlights that were revealed in the IPAP statement? today. Garth, are you there? Um, as you say, it's the fifth iteration and it sets out uh, all the highlights, um, which are the transversal highlights as well as the sector-specific uh, highlights. Uh, and the transversal highlights include um, the fact that you know, we've put in place a range of um, policy instruments, including public procurement, to ramp up aggregate demand using uh, the public uh, procurement instrument, especially in uh, the large um, PRASA and Transnet um, rail procurement, the ESCOM procurement, the procurement in the um, health sector, and so on and so forth, industrial financing. Uh, we've uh, set out um, all the industrial financing available, both through the IDC as well as the Department of Trade and Industry, including the Manufacturing Competitiveness Enhancement Program, which is now nine months old and which for which there's been substantive take-up by the manufacturing sector uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, our auto sector has been the beneficiary, uh, the beneficiary of uh, very significant on-budget incentives, which has witnessed, um, you know, significant investment into that sector in the clothing and textiles, leather and footwear sector. We've uh, supported, uh, you know, a large number of companies and We've in essentially stabilized the sector, stopped factory closures and uh, layoffs, uh, and then there are very significant gains in relation to agro-processing, metal fabrication capital and transport equipment, uh, business process services, and the green industries. In short, we think that through very close partnerships between uh, government and business on the back of uh, well-conceived um, uh, industrial policy interventions um, that uh, the manufacturing sector has uh, weathered the global economic storm and we are in a reasonably good position mm. to uh, make the best of um, uh, albeit uh, tenuous um, global recovery and that they are very significant opportunities which we are well placed to um, make use of as a country. Thank you so much to Garth Strachan, who's the acting DG at the DTI. Let's cross over to our uh, MoneyWeb journalist now, Jeanette Clark, who was at the briefing this morning where the uh, IPAP statement was made. Jeanette, uh, of the, the statement obviously looking to focus on uh, specific areas with regard to economic growth as well as manufacturing and job creation. Any highlight as to uh, why this is done? Well, what I found interesting, um, Gugu, today is that Minister Rob Davies spent quite some time today at the launch of the fifth action plan to speak to the critics of a focus on industrialization because obviously the industrial um, policy action plan 
looks to diversify manufacturing and Davies often, you know, he said a couple of times that we have to focus on the productive sectors of the economy to actually boost employment, even though most of the jobs these days are actually created in services. He said that those services jobs are only secure if it's rooted in the productive sector, in the manufacturing sector, if you have a, a strong local manufacturing sector like that. Any indications made as to what makes this uh, uh, IPAP amendment different to the previous ones? Well, you know, it's a three-year rolling plan, and this is the fifth one. So every year they just build on the previous one and add one year with timelines and deadlines that they add on. It's quite interesting if you look back on the, you know, the previous IPAPs just to have a look on some of the deadlines they just keep moving out. Um, you, some of them understandable. For instance, I mean, it's a, a maybe like a weird example, but with the electric vehicle draft strategy plan was already supposed to be in, in place in 2011. And if you follow all the different IPAPs, you now see that it's moved out even further and it's probably uh, possibly only expected next year. So it just gives an indication of, you know, where the DTI is, is going with its industrial plan, what successes have been achieved. And there are quite a lot. Um, like you just heard things like the Manufacturing Competitive Enhancement Program. It's only nine months old, but a total of 149 applications have been approved and 716 million dispersed, which is quite significant. Jeanette, it seems as though they also have strategic areas of focus for the future, which will be innovation as well as technology. That should be a first for South Africa. Well, no, they have been focusing on that for a while, but um, again, it's innovation and technology with a focus on manufacturing. So it's not in the services industry um, or anything like that. But you see whether we can boost our competitiveness. Um, one of some of the interesting things that Minister Davies said was, you know, we have to focus on regional integration because we can have all the innovation and technology we have, um, we, we can have, but if we don't have a big enough local market, um, we can't even compete with, for example, our BRICS partners. So that's why regional integration is important, having to look at different export markets, seeing as our traditional export partners are facing a little bit of economic downturn. So there are some um, interesting points for we'll focus in the future. Jeanette Clark is a journalist with MoneyWeb. SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. 20 minutes past 6 on this SAFM market update with MoneyWeb. Do keep your SMSs coming on 34701 with the keyword market. Each SMS costs two rand and we will be sure to get to those answers before 6.30 today. But on to the big news of the day and that's the battle for control of South Africa's second largest drug maker, Adcock Ingram, began in earnest on Tuesday when the company flatly rejected a 6.2 billion rand offer for a 60% stake in the firm from high-flying industrial group Bidvest. Now Adcock Ingram came out strongly against the deal, stating that it was opportunistic and lacked sufficient details for it to make recommendations to shareholders. But Bidvest fired back yesterday, making a direct appeal to shareholders to take a decision, signalling a rare hostile bid from the conglomerate and its chief executive, Brian Joffe. Now, we have made attempts to contact Bidvest to speak to us on the show, but those did prove fruitless. But we have someone else on the line joining us now, Jean-Pierre Fostère of 361 Asset Management, to give us a different perspective on the matter. Jean-Pierre, thank you so much for joining us. When this deal was announced just over uh, a week ago, it uh, was one met with loss of excitement and uh, several analysts actually anticipated to for it to go ahead are you surprised by the uh, turnaround in the outcome so far i'm not surprised i I think that um, it was clear that the offer was or the firm intention was opportunistic from midwest's perspective and uh, uh, that we need to wait and see now 
what will happen next, which could be one of four things. Firstly, Bidvest could re-engage with Adcock Ingram's board and address some of the concerns that the board has with the firm intention. Uh, secondly, Bidvest could walk away, and this is the end of it, seeing that both companies have also withdrew the cautionaries. Mm. Thirdly, Bidvest could now make the offer directly to shareholders, which they technically have not yet done. They've uh, mentioned they think that Adcock shareholders should put pressure on the Adcock board, but they have not extended the offer directly to Adcock shareholders. So that is the third option. And then lastly, what could happen is a third party that we are not aware of yet could come on the scene, for instance, one of the multinational pharmaceutical companies. Jean-Pierre, where do you think this deal went wrong? I think, first, because we have all these balls in the air still, we can't necessarily say that things have gone wrong. I think what the board has done is that they are playing hard to get. And there's a big difference between playing hard to get and playing hardball. So I don't think they have flatly rejected the approach. They actually mentioned in the announcement that they retain an open mind regarding any proposals from Bedvest. But they are playing hard to get in terms of probably wanting a higher offer or an addressing of the issues that they think are important. Jean-Pierre, would you say Bidvest has uh, seen similar results in its uh, takeover deals? Uh, we all know that they tried to pursue NAMPAC a few years ago. Yes, and ultimately they walked away from NAMPAC, and more recently there were two recent deals. The one was successful and the other one not, and that is AMAPS and Brandcorp. And I think that showed once again that when it comes to these type of negotiated deals, Bidvest is very disciplined. Brian Joffe does not overpay for assets, and he would rather walk away than pay too much. So that is why I think there is a risk of Bidvest walking away, um, and therefore the Adcock board needs to be careful in terms of the line between playing hard to get and hardball. Jean-Pierre, you mentioned that Bidvest could walk away. Do you suspect that they might move on to another pharmaceutical firm such as Aspen? No, I don't think so. If, if you look at what Bidvest are seeing here with the opportunistic opportunity is firstly the fact that Adcock is uh, also to a large extent a distribution company. While they manufacture drugs, they also have warehouses around the country and they have trucks uh, taking the uh, drugs from the warehouses to the pharmacies and hospitals. And that's where Bidvest already has operations and that's where there's the chance for synergy. You don't have that to the same extent with someone like Aspen. Jean-Pierre Fastad is with 361 Asset Management. This technology, media and telecommunications report is brought to you by Vox Telecom, South Africa's leading alternative telco. Well, you're still listening to the SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb, hosted by myself, Gukule Tumfupi. Now, we have some good news for technology lovers who also happen to be fond of music. This is as mobile phone operator Nokia is planning on launching a new music streaming service in South Africa, undercutting rivals by introducing its new Nokia Music Plus service at just 25 rand a month. Joining us on the line now is Arthur Goldstock of Worldwide Works. Arthur, this streaming service uh, being launched by Nokia sounds as though it could be a first in a country like South Africa. Just how significant is this news? Good evening, Google. It's, it's not really a first, uh, but it's certainly the best pricing that we've yet seen in an online uh, music store or a mobile music store in this country. And in effect, the pricing is designed to win customers away from other music platforms and also to give Nokia an edge on its Lumia phones. That's really the, the issue at the heart of it. The Lumia range might comprise great phones, but they haven't comprised a great value proposition in the eyes of the market. And this adds to that value proposition because, in effect, uh, you're paying 25 rand for unlimited downloads of music, which you get to use while you are a subscriber to the service 
in much the same way as Simfire, for example, but across all uh, platforms, gives you access to unlimited music for 59 rand a month. This is less than half the price of the Simfire offering, but the problem is that it is completely confined to one platform. Arthur, just how different will this subscription service be from Nokia's Mix Radio, which was launched last year? Yes, Mix Radio is free on uh, Lumia phones and, uh, in fact, is available to anyone buying a Nokia Lumia a phone at no charge. The problem with uh, Mix Radio is that you're limited to specific playlists and also you're limited to, uh, or by the extent to which you can browse those playlists. So, for example, if you choose the alternative uh, category and you uh, hit play and you don't like the first song that comes up, you can skip it, but you can't skip more than a couple of songs, then you're really stuck in the playlist. And that's where uh, Nokia Music Plus comes into the picture. At 25 rand a month, someone who can afford a Lumia phone is uh, going to find that it's a no-brainer. It's, in fact, a brilliant service for that specific market, but it is a limited market. 25 rand a month. Will this Nokia Music Plus store also be available on uh, other devices as well as other operating platforms? It will be available for any number of um, Windows 8 devices that you want to use, but unfortunately um, it's not really going to be available beyond Windows 8. So I think for, for now and while Windows 8 is still trying to find its place in the market, this is not going to transform the market. Any anticipation as to how successful this might be in the, in the South African market? It's going to be successful only insofar as Lumia itself is successful. And my understanding is that the mid-range Lumias have been quite successful. There has been very positive response to the Lumia 920, which is a flagship phone. But I think that uh, the Lumias in particular need to gain a lot more traction before a service like this will change the market. The OV store, which is now simply the Nokia Music Store, so if you go to music.nokia.com, I think, slash ZA, then uh, you can buy almost any music at a fairly reasonable price. The difference being that you can download it and store it in a standard format as opposed to a proprietary format. The traditional Nokia music store that's available to anyone is probably the most effective music store in the country at the moment. So the uh, Nokia Music Plus offering doesn't really improve dramatically on that for the broader market. Arthur, just as we wrap up, in a market like South Africa where broadband connections are still rather slow and expensive, are product offerings like this uh, still a good move or are we just in an attempt to catch up with the rest of the world? It's certainly a good move because the kind of phones to which this particular service uh, is uh, geared are capable of high-speed downloads. They are LTE phones or uh, 3G phones, 3G HSPA plus phones, for example. So they can all download music fairly uh, fast, and the experience of the average user on the typical uh, phone will be a good one. If you look at the uh, Nokia Music Store, for example, again, that's the biggest um, online music store in South Africa. There you download onto your computer and you play it once it's on your computer or on your phone. You don't have to play streaming uh, music from that store. Arthur Goldstuck is with Worldwide Works. This technology, media and telecommunications report was brought to you by Vox Telecom, South Africa's leading alternative telco. The Vox Superphone and your ADSL line go together like beer and curry, but without the heartburn. Now you can use your ADSL for more than just surfing. With the Superphone, you can call any phone, anywhere using your ADSL line. 
You save money, earn rebates, and box-to-box calls are free. No contracts, just plug and play. Your ADSL and the Vox Superphone. It's the perfect combination. Make the most of your ADSL. Visit voxsuperphone.co.za. Well, we're just a few seconds shy of uh, reaching half past six, and this does bring us to the end of this SAFM market update with MoneyWeb. For full transcripts and podcasts of tonight's show, they will be available on moneyweb.co.za. You can also log on and read our top story, which is currently uh, featuring hostile takeovers in South Africa, again related to...